We've got a digital side hug surprise today. A real fun gift for the DHS, uh, DSH community. It's Dr. Morris Gregwire. Dr. Gregwire, thank you. How do you do? Thanks for having me. I'm so, so glad that you're here. And uh, you, as you know, uh, you have written a book called Asking Can Be Fun. I have, yeah. And I also know that because I asked you for permission to do this, I've been using one of your questions on, on the show every time I do a digital side hug. And it's been a big hit. You need to know that it's been a big hit. Um, so I wondered, and, and have I, I know that I've told you kind of how we would do the podcast, so you may uh, be prepared for this, and or perhaps you know you don't read emails. Um, but I wondered if, with my blitzkrieg of questions, if we could do something a little different. Is that okay with you? Yeah, if, absolutely. I'd love to do something different. N- normally, I spend time getting to know the guest, and and I and I, I want to do that in a little bit. But first. I wonder if you would just hit me and us, digital side, I know, yes, your, your, your son seems to be enjoying this as well. Um, I wondered if you would mind hitting us with some asking can be fun questions and see what happens. All right. Is that okay? Let's do it. So, let's go. Dr. Greg okay. Wire, and I don't know if I have uh, any background, I'm just going to do the same chain reaction. Are you good with this? Yeah. All right, let's go. All right. Uh, let's start with this one. Uh, and we'll warm up. Let's All right. Go. Okay. Now, now, by the way, we, you know, a, 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 a sort of bar of question excellence has been established. So our okay. expectations are high. All you right. know, we, we're, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to let you off easy here. All right. Could you pick your own bare butt out of a lineup? <laughs> oh. Okay, so a police lineup, only instead of faces and, and you know clothed figures, it's it's people are covered you know like with black you know pipe correct, and drape. Correct. All and you all see you see is the butt. Gluteus. So I can't see how. It's, uh, you know, no. Okay. I, I'm going to say no, not necessarily. All right, uh, let's move on. Um, how are spiders making your life less awesome? Okay, good. Uh, I, you know, we we've got a we've got a really good contract with U.S. Pest Control. So I, the truth, answer is that not really, except that my daughter Charity is, is scared to death of them. So I guess in that sense, every yeah. now and then when we see one, she has trouble sleeping. So there you go. Okay, yeah, that's good. Have you ever seen a police chalk outline in person? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. I mean. An actual police chalk line, and not the like the CSI thing at Disney in Hollywood person. Studios. Right. Okay, no, I've never seen a chalk line. <laughs> All right, uh, I haven't either, for the record. Uh, okay, <clears throat> so which member of your family is the most likely to heckle a referee? <laughs> Extended family, or, or if just there is the... genetic relation. Okay. Or legal. Uh, oh well, it would be it would be my granddad who we I called Bill. He was my he was my step grandfather. It would be Bill for sure, but he passed away in two thousand six, I believe. So, no, summer of two thousand five. I'm sorry. Um, just before the, the the run of brilliance by the Memphis Tigers began that very year, by the way. Um, he lived in Memphis. That's why I bring that up. He was a big Tiger fan. Uh, my mom. Yeah, Susan. Susan Rubio. I attended a Memphis Grizzlies game with her last year, and we it got chippy. 
Okay, next one. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. I, I didn't know that about your mother. Now I do. Uh, okay, so name all the people you've personally known who have who have at one time sported a non-ironic mullet. Okay, I'm not going to be able to answer that one. There's too many of them, you know, since I was alive in the '80s. Uh, Favorite but mullet. Th- that's a good one. Favorite mullet. Well, there was a guy named, uh, well, I'm not going to say his name. He was two years ahead of me in school, and he was a football player. It's so bad. I mean, this guy, you were just scared of him, and his mullet made it even better slash worse. So, and I loved it. I'm, I'm actually still a fan of mullets, to be honest. Appreciate your honesty. <laughs> you, at one time, <laughs> my favorite mullet is probably yours, because you may be the only person that I know personally. Uh, that had a non-ironic yeah, mullet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, can you quickly or briefly uh, describe the outfit you wore in ninth grade that made you feel most good-looking? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the outfit in the ninth grade that I wore that made me feel most good-looking? Is it possible to feel most good-looking in an outfit that I was too embarrassed to wear to school? It is possible. Is that possible? I think. Because I, I, had, I had an orange shirt with white pants and a white blazer that I thought made me look like, you know, Crockett on Miami Vice. And I remember being at my aunt and uncle's house when they lived on Mockingbird, you know, having pictures. I can't, I, my, my cousin, I think Laura or somebody, took pictures of me in this doing a Sonny Crockett pose. Uh, looking as as handsome as I thought I could ever look. I was probably a little, slightly younger than ninth grade, but I knew I would be ridiculed if I went to school wearing it because people didn't dress like Crockett at school. Mm-hmm. So that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I'd like to see that. I, so how many people do you ask that question to who can't remember anything they wore in the ninth grade? You know, I have not tested these questions. Well, these are uh, these. This is a this is some a, of these have not been test marked. Okay, fabulous. Wow. Okay, so it looks us, like I'm, I'm one for one. Give us a few more. All right. Uh, so uh, what is gum? Pure gum chewing bliss. Pure to you. To you what is pure, pure gum, gum chewing bliss? bliss? Uh, huh. Pure gum chewing bliss. I, I mean, I guess if I'm honest, and I don't do this very often, but it would be watermelon bubblicious. Yeah, I mean, is that? I can see that. I, I mean, do I need to describe where I am no, no, chewing? No, no, I just want to know the, the great the gum. watermelon yeah, bubblicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so who is all up in your business? <laughs> Who is all up in my business? <laughs> um oh man, who is I you know I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know that I mean there's a part of me that just doesn't know how to answer that question. I mean, that's, that's a that's a really in tough a way. One. It's me, <laughs> right now. Okay, let's right. let's, let's move on. It's you. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna I may come back with an answer to that one sure, later yeah. in this in I, this I'd broadcast love to hear it. or podcast. Uh, okay. So can you honestly say you were unafraid to travel within the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> You know, I asked this question to a guest. This is the first one that I have asked to a guest. Who was it? It was, I don't remember. I think it may have been Deech Kirk. And I answered, 
I cannot, I, I can, I am honestly a, a little bit afraid to travel in the Bermuda mm-hmm. Triangle. I think if I weren't married and I didn't have kids, I wouldn't be. Yeah. But but I but I do and I am, or I'm sorry, I am and I do. So yeah, I, I cannot honestly say that. Well, what about you, Doctor Greg Wire? <clears throat> Turn I am. the tables. I am. Yeah. You I'm are. Not, I'm, I'm. Wait. So no. No. Sorry. I answered incorrectly. I am not. I am not unafraid. unafraid. Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's it's freaky. It's a little freaky. Yeah. What? Give us one more. Okay. So uh, let me let me just check the list here since I only have one. Yeah, just one. Uh, okay. Um, so name some people <laughs> who probably think. You are an idiot. <laughs> okay, name some people who probably think I am an idiot. Uh, or, or you don't have to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, that, let's, let's. I needed you to let me off the hook on that one. <laughs> let, okay, what in your opinion is the greatest saxophone solo <laughs> of all time? Okay. Uh, well, there is a famous, uh, famous, this actually was not a famous Queen song. Queen is my favorite band that is, that is, you know, kind of out there, big band. Um, and they, they did a song called One Year of Love on the 1986 album, A Kind of Magic. That's probably my favorite, I don't know, I guess it would, if it wouldn't be that one, then it's going to be the Born to Run solo for uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band Born to Run saxophone solo. Should we take a second right now for you to play that solo? Uh, yes. Right here. There it was. There's the. That's the solo I consider one. to be it the best one. one of all time. I've told you this before. I love your questions. Obviously, there's a lot of you know question books out there. Would you rather? You know, have you ever? And it's because you know, as youth leaders, it's sometimes difficult to get the conversation started with a student that doesn't know us, doesn't trust us. You know, we have new people walk in. They're, they've moved in from out of town, and they're looking for a church home, or they visit with a friend. And sometimes it helps just to have something fun and hilarious uh, to ask to get the conversation started. So go to the website, askingcanbefun.com. Now, the whole book is not there. Correct. Just a little smidgen. And you're also on Twitter. Correct. I am at askingcanbefun. So you can follow Dr. Morris Gregwire at askingcanbefun. Right. And you you put questions up for discussion? Now, this, this, yeah. Twitter is mostly uh, is a testing ground of sorts for the questions. I, I uh, if I get a good response from my sixty two followers, maybe sixty three, uh, <laughs> then I'll know that it's a good question. We're turning sixty two into into you know high sixties by so. the by the time this podcast yeah. is over. And uh, middle sixties. Yes, if it gets favorited, that means it's good. If if there's complete silence, I might still like the question, so I might still use it. Uh, but anyway yes. and when people go to askingcanbefun.com it should be noted that they might realize they're actually on a website for someone else yes and sure. is it okay if we talk about this it's okay we're revealing the secret identity of Dr. Morris Gregwire because because that's an alias let's be honest yeah you're well, actually honest. you're actually a person who goes by the name 
Stephen Jerkin. Stephen Jerkins. That's my name. <laughs> your, yes. Your and name is Stephen Jerkins. Yes. Tell us about you. Tell okay. us about you, your family, and then and then so wife, kids, what you do, and then tell us why I wanted you on this podcast. Well, that's a question you'll have to answer, but I will answer your first question. I am Stephen Jerkins. I'm a photographer. Uh, that's the website you'll be linked to when you go to askingcanbefun.com. I've uh, been a photographer for five years, and five or about five years. Uh, I'm married to Amanda Davis, who is now Amanda Jerkins. So you, so she changed her name. She did. She did. Uh, she's from West Monroe, Louisiana, which is a little bit of a claim to fame I now have as a result of being married to her. Yeah. She grew up with the Robertsons and the Howards and actually lived on the same street, used to carpool with Corey to school. and. Um, I love that when you first met the Robertsons, uh, their their comment about your beard, which is the longest beard I've ever seen in person, and the, and the largest beard of anybody that I know, anybody that goes to our church. In fact, at our church, Stephen is known as the guy with the long beard. But when you met the Robertsons, well, I went, I met Willie, and he said it's a good starter beard <laughs> because it actually was a starter beard. Yeah, because you was got several married. Years yeah, ago, several years ago. But that's right. Uh, it's I think I've earned some respect. As of late, for growing when the we beard, go, whenever we go home for Christmas or Thanksgiving, I, I see them, some of them, and I get a nod of approval. <laughs> but anyway, I love that. that. I, so, and and your wife designs. She's a designer. Yes, she. And she's got flowers in a, a magazine because of size yes, wedding. Yes. No. A do, vow. Do, do people know who the, the, the Robertson people well, the, are? I think uh, everybody knows who the Doug okay. Dynasty <laughs> folks are. Uh, so, Cy... Renewed his vows. Renewed his vows in May. And Amanda, uh, so Amanda was able to help design and do the flowers for that wedding. She's an interior designer, but she also designs weddings. Anyway, so some of her work was featured in an Us Weekly magazine, which is, you know, it's kind of fun to say. Is it Us Weekly or is it U.S. Weekly? I always hear Us Weekly. I think it's Us Weekly. Okay. And your sons, you have two sons. And we're, we don't need to talk about parents or siblings and aunts and uncles. Tell us about your sons. My sons... Reason Jerkins, that is just the spelling that you're thinking of, R-E-A-S-O-N, it's a family name. He is my two-year-old son, and I have a three-month-old son named Hollis. It's also a family name, um, and I love them both. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> You love them dearly. Yeah, I do, I, and my wife as well. But and they're beautiful, a little amazing. bit about my personal life. So, Stephen, also, you work with our youth group at Otter Creek. Um, Stephen started, I guess you started working about 10 years ago, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but you're connected to this podcast in two other ways. And listeners will recognize this, which is a nobility song called Hallelujah Chorus. In fact, I got an email asking you know, me, what's that song on the podcast? So people out there like it, or at least I should say, you know, person out there likes it. Um, this is a nobility song that you guys recorded a while back called Hallelujah Chorus. Now, you're not a Christian band, but, but you are a, a band of Christians. Correct. Also. And I, I came to you and said, what if I use some of your music uh, in the background? You and Steve, Sean Williams uh, approved that. We, By the way, did you know that I also used this song? Uh, I'm going to stop Hallelujah Chorus and play this one.
Do you, do you recognize it's Tinder? Uh, I do recognize that song. <laughs> it is Tinder. Yeah. But it does get peppier. People oh, it gets In fact, here's a, here's, a, here's a much peppier moment. That is not the Andrews sisters. <laughs> that is full-grown so, men. Actually, everybody says it's funny. Maybe my second favorite. No, no. My number one favorite nobility song. I didn't know that. My, yeah. My first favorite oh. um, that you've ever made is probably either Sweet Brilliant, Sweet Brilliant Moves, which has a, you know, sort of sounds very queenish. There's a Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. moment in the middle of that. A nod to Queen, as Sean says. Uh, but there was a time, Stephen, where you had agreed, as had the original members of the of the band Jetpack, which predated the Nobility. You guys had all agreed to play in my funeral, at my funeral, if if I died, you know, early, and you were still able to to make music together, make musical fusion. Um, do you remember what song you were going to play at my wedding? I do. I, is that still binding? Is that agreement still no, binding? No, no. I I, I released you all from that. Currently at my funeral, if if Sean is still alive, he, uh, Sean Williams, is going to play your little way. Yes, Sean is is the guy who looks kind of like John Lennon. He's in the band. He writes all the songs. Yes, and and what's amazing, Sean, he looks so much like John Lennon that recently was it on his honeymoon? Oh yeah, Steven Tyler. He, he was in <laughs> L.A. <him> on the shoulder. <laughs> He's in L.A. at a restaurant, and he's he and his fiance. He's like that's Steven Tyler. He saw Steven Tyler first, right? Like right. he knew yeah, Steven yeah. Tyler was in the restaurant, and then later on, yeah, well, he got tapped on the shoulder, <laughs> turns around. It it's, it looks like a you know, it looks it is Steven Tyler, and and Steven Tyler says, "Hey man, has anyone ever told you you look like John Lennon?" <laughs> and that was that was pretty awesome for him. Yes. Uh, that is a great story, and he actually does look so much like John Lennon. But let's say, I would say, uh, late mid to late sixties, John Lennon. By the not way, not the early. Right, does years. not look like Ed Sullivan. John Lennon does not look like late nineties. Uh, sorry, late seventies. <laughs> sorry, yeah, he definitely doesn't look late nineties. Uh, John Lennon, yeah, and he's going to play your little way at my wedding. Yeah, but, I'm sorry, my funeral. Yeah. I hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, I, I, it won't be anytime soon. We but, never, we never revealed the song that we. Were no, we didn't, playing. and I want to because it's so it's, great. It, yeah, it's called "I'll Beat Him Up for You." <laughs> I'll beat him up for you, and it's about a guy that's in love with a girl, but but she doesn't love him back, and he's a psycho. But you got to hear the instrumental. You were going to do an instrumental version of it. Uh, it yes. should be noted, and especially with my wife potentially listening to this podcast. There, there was never going to be any lyrics, you know, about beating anybody up at my funeral. <laughs> but ah, the, the, the guitar. That, that song, song is long since retired. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able it. to find it anywhere, hopefully. And Stephen, in addition to Asking Can Be Fun and the, the nobility theme music connection, there is another Stephen Jerkins connection to the digital side hug. Listeners okay. may be interested to find out. And you, you, I don't know that you remember this. You were a part of the brainstorm team that helped name this podcast. Uh, youth ministers, you, uh, of course, we're all, we're all creative. We're trying to come up with ways to sort of ignite the imagination of the students in our ministries, uh, to draw them into the story of God, et cetera, et cetera. And so 
we we love to think and dream and plan and brainstorm. You know, we love whiteboards and and creating. Most of us have partners in that who are creative and who love to think of stuff and who come up with great ideas. Stephen, you're one of those guys. No, you are. He's giving me this humble look. He's 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 playing the old don't stop talking about me. Um, but Stephen, you are, and I don't do you, you. You, I'm sure, remember this. I've got a list here in front I of do. me. Many of these, of course, you you did not come up with. In fact, my wife came up with one name that I really enjoyed. And these, uh, I'm just going to quickly read off some fun uh, potential names for this podcast that were rejected in favor of the digital and, side hug. And listeners can use. That listeners want. could use if they want to. I have not copyrighted any of these names. Um, should I do? Okay, there we go. I've got, I've got the drum portion of Everybody Says It's Funny in the background. Uh, all right, here we go. We've had a few complaints. I liked that one because in, in youth ministry, you know, we we, we that that happens. We get a few complaints. That was Becky. Uh, actually, no, I don't think that one was. Yeah, I was going to say Becky's first, wasn't I? Um, and and thankfully, I haven't had too many complaints about about this podcast. Although that that may change after after this. I am afraid of that <laughs> episode. And no, I'm thinking about this one down oh. here. Um, so Becky came up with the idea: stairway to Kevin. He's a fringe kid. Fringe with a G. Yeah, not right, not French, um, but he's he's a fringe kid. Stairway to Kevin. Uh, I don't remember who came up with this one. David Rubio, a real smart ask, which we we thought could get us into some trouble. In fact, we thought that would get us a few complaints. Um, great podcasts, the of church. Some of, some of you will get that. Uh, of course, you can get an oh yeah which I thought that would go well since I, I had a feeling we would eventually interview uh, uh, Jeff Walling, Jefferson Walling, and we did. You helped refine this name, and you came up. What were some of your favorites that you came but, up okay. with? Okay, uh, Heavenly Fodder was <laughs> one I was very proud of. F-O-D-D-E-R. I, I, I sort of knew, I assumed someone has already come up with that. So I, I, I emailed it to you before I did a Google search, and it, I searched, and it was... Confirmed. Uh, someone has already taken it, but it's not a podcast. So, uh, and then another one is True Love Waits, <laughs> W E I G H T S, and then in parentheses a spiritual workout for youth ministers. True Love Waits. So, yes. I think I, those are probably mine. Oh, two that's that's so favorites. good. I, actually, you know, one of the early ones that somebody suggested, and I think maybe this was maybe this was Dinox. Um, my the middle school youth minister that works at my church came up, I think, with the digital ball of yarn. That that would have been fun, uh, but of course it became the digital side hug. So much fun, um, and Stephen, the, the number of times that I have tapped into the ideas uh, that that you were able to bring are just innumerable. You you performed the you came up with the idea of, and then pulled off the old timey mayor. The dressed up as an old timey mayor with your really long beard, and you cut the ribbon at our our you know ceremony to open our new building. Uh, we did a we did a parents meeting slash petting zoo, that was Stephen's idea. Um, we had a live barbershop quartet perform uh, a song for one of our summer kickoffs. It was a year we were going to be doing a summer theme about uh, the OCYG live in concert. Um, and that that was that was great. I just it, you know so many the the, uh, the tournament of champions lock in. I basically sent you an email and said we got to lock in in two weeks. Can you think of ways to keep the teens engaged all night long for ten hours? 
and you you did it and, and you know, I just I'm how first of all how are you so creative how do you how do you do it <clears throat> well I used to work at a job that was not a fun job and it was not it was a job I sort of by default got into through a temp agency when I first moved to Nashville and I was playing music and it funded your music career correct and uh, so I was in front of a computer in a in a very sterile environment and my brain that's that sort of gets the creative juices going I have to keep myself sane and entertained throughout the day so your emails for brainstorms were very helpful and so I yeah I still have probably a, that office was my muse I still have an an, an email folder in my inbox uh, entitled Stevens ideas or Stephen Jerkin ideas. Obviously, Stephen, you do more than come up with ideas. You also work with teenagers and you grew up in a healthy youth group yourself in Memphis? Correct. Memphis, Tennessee. And your youth minister was was the first ever digital side hug uh, interviewee, Buster Clemens. Yeah, I don't, I have not listened to that podcast yet. He's my hero. I wish I had. Stephen, he is my youth ministry hero. Uh, he He's one of a kind. The reddest face I think I've ever seen, especially when he plays basketball or gets angry. And he assembled a team of volunteers that helped you grow up in faith or grow up to faith. And now you're doing that in our congregation. It's just so cool that 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 keeps going. Is there a youth volunteer that you would say, I'll never forget that guy and the work he did? Yeah. Volunteer. Yeah. And I'm still friends with him, Brett Gooch. And he still works with the youth group. You're doing now here what he was doing there? Yes. Just what impressed you about Brett? That he would, he was, he would just show up. You know, yeah. he was, uh, he, he was always at the events. He yeah. was at, you know, I've seen him on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights uh, when we still had Sunday night church. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and he would go on the trips with youth group and camp. And uh, I just, I just thought he was a cool guy. He still is a cool guy. He's he's an amazingly funny guy, and I am trying to be a funny guy sometimes around yeah, teenagers. Yeah. I think of Brett when I'm trying to be well, funny. Well, I mean, Brett doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to get up and te- you know, preach a bunch of sermons or, or, or be the upfront leader teacher. I mean, is that what he did? Am I wrong? Or, or he was, was he more, more of just the, the guy? guy? And that's sort of what yeah. I want to do as well. Right. I don't believe in the 10 years that I've been in youth group that I've ever <laughs> delivered a message Given to a, a group of people. I think you're right. Except to small groups, maybe to yeah. our covenant well, group, obviously. which is 10, 10 or 15 guys. But yeah. But I, I think th- you're right. I don't think you've given a talk, a, no. a large group lesson. Um, that, and that's awesome that you're, that you're using the gifts you have. And one of those gifts is, is the gift of your presence. I know back when you used to, you know, you talked about your creativity and where that comes from and the dreaming and, and the fact that you had a job you didn't love. I remember thinking at the time, I love that you have a job you don't love. <laughs> I mean, now that you love the job that you're doing, you know, we don't get access to you quite as much. You know, back when you didn't have a job that you gave your heart to, you were accessible. You know, we, we got to have a little bit of your heart. Um, and, and that's not to say that you don't put your heart in your ministry now. Right. I know that you do. But the point is, you're there. And you, you, you're trying to just be you with teenagers, which is really, really cool. And I guess that's what Brett did. Yeah, just... Lived a faithful life, and I and put that on display for that's us, cool. and that's what I'm trying to do. I, like I said, I'm not I'm not a preacher, and uh, this may be the largest assembly of people I've spoken to, <laughs> well, depending it may on be how the, many listeners well, there. Are. <laughs> it may not be, 
Um, there's a memory, my favorite. Do you know what my favorite memory is uh, of all the Stephen Jerkins youth group memories? And I know what you might say, our trip to New York. I might say that. But it's not. Oh. That was great. We Stephen and I went with five guys. The seven of us went in a Tahoe to New York when these guys in our small group graduated. And that was a great trip. And I believe it's 48 hours from the moment we left Nashville and drove to New York to the moment we came back. Maybe a little more than 48 hours. I, maybe not. I, maybe not. It was a, it was a whirlwind trip. And it, it was so... Do you remember when the car died in the middle of rush hour traffic trying to get out of the city? We were in Manhattan. And we couldn't get the car to go. Did you remember that I flew back to Nashville? I didn't drive with you? Oh, that's right. You flew I had to be back. at a wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had forgotten that. I, <laughs> well, it was unforgettable. But that's not my favorite youth group memory. My favorite Stephen Jerkins memory is the one from, we, we were on a bus, in a junior high bus from Gat, uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, back to Nashville or Brentwood. We had been at Winterfest. Stephen had just started working with our youth group. I don't know. I'm sure you remember this. And uh, you you can't, you were at the front of the bus, and, the, and everybody's kind of tired. Everybody's kind of sitting there. I said, Stephen, you're one of the most creative people I know. Go back to the back of the bus, and I want you to make a memory with these teenagers that they will never forget for the rest of their lives. And you're, you looked at me, your response, of course, I was looking at the road, obviously, safety first. But you, I assume, looked at me. And said something along the lines of, "What? What do you? What? Do, what are you talking about? What do I do?" I said, I, "Well, I don't. There's no more rules than that. Like that's the rule. Nothing else. Your assignment is to get back there. You had just started working with the teenagers, and I said, get back there and make a memory that'll last forever. And so you did. And I don't think you knew what you were going to do when you walked back there. But I, what I started to see was awesome. And do you remember what I saw in the rearview mirror? I believe I do remember. <laughs> well, we were on. We were on a junior high bus. Yes. Uh, there was a senior high bus. Yeah, that we that's were gonna, right. That we were going to meet up with at a rest area in approximately... Or it was a gas station. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 25 miles or so. So we had we had to move quickly. I split everybody up into soprano, alto, tenor, tenor and bass. Which is what I'm seeing in the rearview mirror. Yeah. He's, he's, he's moving people around to sit in their sections. So these students, many of them, which couldn't sing right. at all, not, not wouldn't very, distract one another. Not very bass heavy at that point <laughs> the in their junior, lives. right. But uh, we split them up, and I taught them a song that was written by my friend Isaac Alexander. Wait, it, it, the, the lyrics weren't written by your friend Isaac. That's true. <laughs> sure. Okay, the music was written by myself and Isaac Alexander. Right. The the, the words were written by a, a levitating hand. <laughs> That's right. On the wall. Yes. In Daniel chapter meanie, five. Meany, meany, tekel, parson, or or you could say you farson. Um, in fact. Probably many of you right now are saying you farson just because it's fun to say. But many, many tekel parson. Uh, Daniel chapter 5. The the way this song worked, you had them divided up and then you taught them four parts. Correct. And, and the bass is saying many, many tekel parson. Many, many tekel parson. Many, many tekel parson. Right? And then... Yes. Well, many... Means God has numbered the days of your reign and brought them to an end, and that's what Tenor's saying. God has numbered the days of God. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. So, what do the altos sing? Uh, the altos sing the definition of the word tekel, which is you have been weighed on the scales you and found have wanting. Been weighed on the scales and found wanting. In the final group, sopranos sing uh, parson, parson, uh, which is also Perez. Uh, but we sing parson, right? Uh, it means. 
your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. And there's a one word. Yeah. That, that's, that's what that one word means. Right, right, right. Or, or at least from the book of Daniel, chapter 5, right. Daniel interpreted the, the words sure. on the wall to mean these things. Uh, and he's telling it, of course, to the, to the king who is in trouble. And when we got to the rest area, I'm sorry, to the gas station, the junior hires filed off the bus and stood in choral arrangement as Stephen worked his, his you know, conductor magic. And the high schoolers got off and watched and listened as underneath, I think it was raining even, but we were under this awning at a gas station between, you know, somewhere on I-40 between Gatlinburg and Nashville. And you conducted Meanie, meanie, Tekel Parson. Performed it live. You performed it for the high schoolers. Uh, and I remember at the time thinking, they're never going to forget this. For the rest of their lives, they'll remember the time that they performed or had performed for them. That's the cool thing. You created a memory for high school students. Yes. As well. Uh, I should note that you did want it to be an unforgettable memory. I'm not joking. This is not a lie. This is truth. This past Sunday, I was speaking with one of the... Now a gentleman, because he's an adult, he's graduated from college, Chris Saunders. He, I, I asked him, do you remember the time? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. This came up? This is, I, I brought it up. And I don't talk about this always. So uh, this, is, this is a rare conversation. I just wanted to test it out. Did yeah, you remember yeah. this? And he did not remember it. So it was You're not kidding. an unforgettable memory. What? And um, That is, yeah, that is so crushing blow that he doesn't remember that. He was a seventh grader, maybe an eighth grader. He probably I, sang soprano, to I, be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he probably did. You're right. He probably did. He sang soprano and therefore wiped it from his memory. That's exactly why he doesn't remember it. That is a great point. And, and and actually, is it too much to say, Stephen, that you and I are going to, can we record a version of Meanie Meanly Tackle Parson and put it at the end of this podcast? I would love to do that. Okay, let, let's do it. Back in 2004-ish, I think it was 2004 um, so uh, over 10 years ago, around the time of the Super Bowl, you had just started working with our youth group and you came to the Super Bowl party. Everybody had a great night except you. And you walked up, brand new youth leader, and you said, I think they hate me. <laughs> and I think I said, they actually may. <laughs> they may be afraid of that beard. You had a giant beard at the time. You looked a little different. Of course, you're a rocker. Uh, but they don't know that. They don't know that you're a part of a cool rock band because you don't come in as a volunteer talking about how cool your rock and roll band is. You were just trying to kind of be somebody they would connect with, and that night, they didn't connect to you. They didn't. That's correct. They did not. And I did not connect to them. And Well, I mean... I tried. But, but the reality is, it takes time. And what you were so talking about, Brett Gooch, you know, the, the length of time that he's been a part of that youth group, and, and you, you said something that I think is so cool. He showed up. He kept coming. And God has a way of connecting hearts that when 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 proximity, you know, when there's proximity. So you didn't give up. You know, maybe you maybe you thought about it. I don't know. I mean, we, we were friends at the time, so maybe you wouldn't have done that to me, but because I needed youth, I was pretty new. I'd been at the church, you know, basically a year, year and a half, maybe. Um, you just kept coming. And I knew, you know, I could tell you, I think they probably, they may actually be afraid of you, you know, because I knew eventually they would, they'd love your beard and they would think you were cool and they'd love your music. And years later, you know, we're bringing students on a youth group event to the basement 
you know, where your, your band did rehearsals and we would treat it like a rock concert during a rehearsal. So, I mean, I've done a little more talking here. I'd like to, I guess, maybe close by just simply saying or asking, um, you know, why, why, why did you, why did you stick with it? And when you look back on the work you've done with youth ministry, what would you say to, to encourage, you know, others? I kept with it because I did not want to end on a low note, such as being hated. <laughs> That's part of it. And also, that was only my first event. But I, I, I stuck with it because I, I I knew it would get better. I did. And I wanted to connect with with teenagers. I graduated from college. I was, I was probably about three years out of college and, and, and uh, ready to uh, work with youth again because my youth group experience in high school was so positive and uh, I just I don't know I so once it did click it was just it was a great place to be and I continued with it and I still continue with it and now a lot of the guys actually I'm in a youth uh, a covenant group with the two youth leaders that I'm working with who are adults now were in the youth group when yeah, I started that's right and so it's pretty awesome I'm, I'm friends with these people I'm these some of these people are still in my life even though they are Growing. Seven or eight years removed from high school. Yeah. So, and it's a great way to be plugged into a church, honestly. Well, we're going to close like we always do with the Hallelujah Bumper Chorus. You can't hear it, but there's whistling. Oh, yeah, I remember that. What do you think, huh? It's good. It's great. It's a great song. Stephen, Dr. Morris Gregoire, thank you. And I'm going to get a hug now from you. I'm getting a hug from Hollis in a moment when I get in there to where his little cradle is. And then, and then you listeners will hear Meanie Meanie Tickle Parson in all of his glory, potentially, unless we can't get it to work. We'll get it to work. Oh, we'll get it to work. Let's get an analog side hug in here. <laughs> analog side hug. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Meanie Meanie Tickle Parson. Meanie Meanie Tickle Parson. Meanie Meanie Tickle Parson. Meeny, meeny, tickle, parson. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought you to end. Meeny, meeny, tickle, parson. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought you to end.